Welcome back to Pokemon Radio. We're your host, Derek and Sessie, and thank you for joining us for another episode of Professor Oak's Pokemon Talk. Now, unfortunately, Professor Oak is unable to join us because he startled a group of Tynamo in Chargestone Cave and electrocuted himself. Thankfully, Tynamo are not able to administer a lethal amount of electricity, but just enough to make you fucked up and on your ass for days to come. So, that's a scientific term, by the way. And with several of them. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I... This one deserves a little pity, I think. He'll be just fine. This one might be an actual excuse. Yeah, yeah. We think, uh, <laughs> you know, the good old T's and P's over to uh, to Professor Oak to make sure he's okay and that he he pulls through. Um, just another word of caution. Last episode, I told you all, don't take drugs from strangers. Second one, don't try to fight a squad <laughs> of Tynamos. Not a great idea. They are electric, boogie, woogie, woogie. Now, uh, last time we left our trainers, it was in Driftvale City after being unfairly accused of facilitating Team Plasma's escape. Because if you know us, you know we hate Team Plasma. We would not help them and their mission to shoo Pokemon everywhere. Um, but Also, shout out to Gabby for doing some real investigative journalism to prove our innocence. That We could have gotten into a lot of trouble with the higher-ups at Goldenrod Public Radio, so kudos to Gabby. She's always got her backs. That's true. Always there to bring light to all the hard-hitting things around the world. Gabby, always deserves a raise, always getting shit done. That's your tag nine. Now, for now, let's go ahead and do a team check-in. How is Nick's team looking? Nick's team is good. He's got a good groove going. So um, we've got ourselves Bodega Jr., still a Darumaka at level 32. Roadwork, still a Dwebble, also at level 32. BEC, the Emolga, at level 30, so a lot of training happened. I think that's like 10 levels um, between when Nick caught that Emolga and now. Um, not only that Emolga, but also Sewer Rat the Minchino is up to level 30. That one's only like six levels, but still, like Nick's getting that like grind mindset um, up and running. Um, we also have Marco the Girder at level 30 and Thad Jr., a Palpitoad, at level 30. Noise, noise, noise. That is a solid squad, and the uh, catching up turns into passing in some aspects. So the current squad that we have going on for Angel is Grease Lightning, the Zeb Striker, at level 31. I apologize, level 32. Ooh. Level 32. Ooh. Fancy, fancy. Got Blossom, the Masharna, at level 31. They got Deadly Roly Poly, the Scolipede, still at level 30. Not getting a lot of love. We got Eager Beaver, the <laughs> Duot, at level 31. We got Bandit, the Croc Rock at level 31. And we got a surprise addition to the team. Did a little loop-de-loop back. Went ahead and got a ducklet named Scolding Stork, or the Scolding Stork, if you want the full government, um, <laughs> that has been added to the team. <laughs> so what? we got the Scolding Stork there. <laughs> that sounds like a, like a superhero name. <laughs> it was, that, I, that's the reason why, once I found out, um, when Angel saw one, it was like, that's a scolding stork. I was like, well, damn, now I can't not catch one. So that, yeah, Angel went ahead, yeah, yeah. got the scolding stork added <laughs> to the squad. Um, and the scolding stork is only like level 20, sorry, 24 right now. So a little bit behind the team because it was just caught. So it's going to play, be playing some catch up, but it's adorable. It's a little ducky and it's living life. Love that for Angel. Killing the game with such an adorable God. squad. Um, now, 
Moving on into the city, the next place to go explore is cold storage. And if you know anything about Angel, she hates nothing more than she hates the cold. That's so true. I mean, she's a tiny, tiny person. She is so, a, like, she doesn't have a lot to keep her that warm. That is a very good point. Yeah, that is a good context here. Every Pokemon she has is larger. She's just a very, like, she makes me look tall. Petite. Yeah, she looks me makes me look like a tall person, <laughs> which is very appreciated. Um, so that's... That is some context. Especially since Derek is shorter than me. <laughs> by like... Just gonna put you on blast. Barely. By like half a centimeter. An we'll inch. Call it. We're gonna call that shit <laughs> half a centimeter. Oh, yeah. Between when you have hair and when you're wearing your sneakers and I'm barefoot. That's true. Depending on where it's sure. at, you know, I'm wearing my platform shoes next time. All right. Now, uh, now Clay does helpfully point us towards the cold storage where Team Plasma is currently... Hold up in an area to the south side of the city with a series of different refrigerated warehouses to store imports and exports. Um, sketchy. Feel like they're up to no good. Probably just a bunch What's of poke shoes. What's being imported and exported? Why do poke yes. shoes need to be refrigerated? No one, no one ever clarifies what the imports and exports are or why they need to be refrigerated. That's my biggest thing is why do they need to be refrigerated? Because that's my biggest like question here. We did not see we did not see any warehouses that were not refrigerated warehouses so this seems maybe this is where charon's getting all those illegal berries from is they're being imported here and then kept on ice because i don't know reasons <laughs> i i you know, it's literally like it has to be like some sort of like dead bodies involved like what else has to stay on ice like genuinely i don't know what else to stay on ice because it's i mean like meat that's meat, not human see <laughs> And you know what Ice else cream? Is... <laughs> if this is just like a... Maybe it's just ice cream. <laughs> it's just really like ice you cream. You know, that's what I'm choosing to believe. I'm going to say it's ice cream. And, oh, those like beauty roller things that Des, Des keeps one in the freezer. I don't know. What? Beauty products and ice cream. I don't know. It's like a roller thing that you, she like rolls on her face and she keeps it in the freezer. I don't know. I don't know what that is. I am incredibly confused by that. Doesn't matter because we're confused anyway. Anyway, so. <laughs> so there's a bunch of workers in and around the warehouses. Not as much as you'd expect for a bunch of warehouses storing dead bodies because, like, I guarantee that's what's going on there. Ice cream, you can say that. Beauty products, you can say that. Whatever it is, it's dead bodies. Um, and there's remarkably few workers guarding this. Um, but speaking of random warehouse workers... Field correspondent Gabby has an exclusive interview with one of these workers to talk about what the hell is going on in these warehouses. A quick break and we'll be right back with the show. Hi there, folks. Field correspondent Gabby reporting live from the cold storage in Driftvale City. I have with me one of their reputable employees. It's so good to have you here with us today, sir. What's your name? I'm so, so cold. So, so cold. Nice to meet you, so cold. What a unique and fitting name for a cold storage worker. Um, Let's just dive right into questions. I'm super curious about the setup here. So um, why don't you tell us first, what is your job here at the cold storage? What's, what's a day in the life of so cold? I'm I'm so cold. I can't feel my my fingers. Okay, so fine. 
fine motor skills, probably not a requirement. Um, probably adding my own interpretations here a little bit, but um, okay, you know what? Let's just let's let's go into our next question here. Um, what kinds of goods are imported and exported through Driftvale City? Um, okay. Uh, I'll have to Google that. I'm not, I'm not sure that I'm, um, I'm familiar with those products, but, um, I'm, I'm, I'm sure our, our staff can figure that out. Um, what I'm really interested to get into, we saw the interior of some of these buildings. They seem to be pretty iced over. So, um, I'm curious, what are the worker protections that are provided for such a dangerous working environment? Hmm, all right, uh, must have an NDA with the union. All right, well, um, I guess I'll just move on to my final question here. Um, the patented hard-hitting question to the folks at home, what do you say to the allegations that you've frozen to, to, are you okay? Now back to our show. Very enlightening. Learned some stuff there. I don't know if I believe it, but um, it, we got we have. I feel like we need to start advocating for therapy for Gabby beyond just a pay raise. I mean, certainly the pay raise, but like therapy probably also should be. Anyway, so one of my favorite things. I don't like the cold, and I don't like ice boxes. But one of my favorite things is it attracts ice Pokemon, and we don't get to see a lot of those. So there's actually some ice Pokemon in the area. It looks like Nick Bay have found one. Yes. Um, so Nick, I don't know if you know this, Derek, but Nick loves ice cream. It's actually like very cute. Really? Um, he likes to get blizzards from Dairy Queen and he always gets chocolate chip cookie dough and it's very cute. And sometimes we just like go out for ice cream like we live in the 1950s. I literally have a giant tub of non-dairy chocolate chip cookie dough ice cream in my freezer right now. I think we probably have Haagen-Dazs in the fridge right now too. Um, but anyway, uh, that prompted Nick to catch himself a Vanillite, uh, level 22, and he named it obviously Blizzard due to his love of ice cream. Um, and, uh, yeah, I don't remember, I don't think, um, Blizzard made it onto the team here. So, um, living its best life in the box and not getting eaten or killed. (laughs) So... Angel also really liked Vanillite and found one rolling around. Angel loves herself some ice cream and decided to name it Weenie Hut Jr. So we have a little (laughs) (laughs) that is now part of the team (laughs) rolling around and immediately got added to the team because, like, you can't have a Weenie Hut Jr. and not have it as part of the team. So that Uh, was very exciting. Can I tell you something very important about Vanillite, Derek? Yes. It does not evolve into its final form until level 47. Holy shit. So you'll recall back in Castelia City, we got that Eviolite, the item that boosts defense and special defense if it hasn't fully evolved yet. Make sure Angel gives that to her Weenie Hut general because... <laughs> we'll keep that We'll keep that in mind because don't want that thing to die. I, need, I didn't... 47 Definitely is not. insane. 
Yes, yeah, but oh, oh it's so worth it. Oh, it's just a happy little like double scoop of ice cream. It's, it's so cute. It is the cutest little scoop of ice cream, and its name is Weenie Hut Junior. Which I'm like ninety. That's from SpongeBob, right? I better. Yes, I, the, the movie. It's from okay. the the movie. The first one too, right? Yeah, 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 okay, yeah. Yes, SpongeBob. If y'all don't like SpongeBob, I don't know why you're here. It, SpongeBob is probably of all like my childhood shows definitely holds up the best. Every time I still yes. to this day can sing all of the Rip My Pants song. Um, I absolutely sing the Krusty Krab Pizza song when I get DoorDash. Krusty Krab Pizza, Krab pizza is the is pizza, pizza for, for you and for you me. And me. <laughs> Krusty Krab Pizza <laughs> is the pizza, yeah, for you and me. And then, obviously, yeah, the Rip My Pants song was like my first. I had it on VHS as a kid, so I used to watch that shit every day. I love that uh, when for you. Big Larry came around just to put him down. SpongeBob turned into a clown. And no girl ever wants to dance with the fool who went and ripped his pants. I know I shouldn't mope around, I shouldn't hurt. But the pain feels so much worse. Because winding up with no one is a lot less fun than a burn from the sun. Or sand in your buns. Okay, now we can move on. I needed to, Wait, no. I needed to get that in. Let's keep singing. When is the best time to wear a striped sweater, Derek? Uh, the best time to wear a striped sweater is all the is time. Is all the time. <laughs> One with a collar. Turtleneck. That's the kind. <laughs> what else? Oh, gosh. I feel like there's more SpongeBob songs, but those are F the first. F is for fun. Who... No, F is for friends who do stuff together. together. U is for you you and me. And it is for anywhere and anywhere. Time at all. Down here in the deep blue sea. Then. Or the remix. F is for fire that burns down the whole town. U is for uranium. Bombs. And it is for no survivors. What you? And then it just goes. Oh, it's a great, oh, it's a great okay. song. SpongeBob, the greatest thing just, of all time. I think, yeah. Yes, agree, agree. And shout all out right, to well, Clancy Brown. Just real quick shout out to Clancy Brown, the, the dude who does the voice of, I think he sings the song in the beginning and he also does Mr. Krabs. He's mm. also one of my favorite. He's also in Lost, which is just an important thing to say. Oh, dang. Great person. Yeah. yeah. Derek does Clancy weirdly Brown. love Lost, so. Uh, too much, yeah. way too much. Um, so, mm-hmm. moving on from that wonderful musical we just had, inside the <laughs> warehouses are patches of ice that we need to be able to navigate in order to safely move through the building. Thankfully, there's, like, random random rocks and, like, barriers, so when you just go on the ice, you don't slip forever. You do smash into random rocks and walls to stop you and have to figure out how to, like, navigate this? to get out. Where is OSHA, Derek? <laughs> this is such a safety hazard, because this is workplaces we encounter workers inside of these warehouses and they're just expected to walk across slick ice or stop themselves by smashing into rocks no yeah this raised a lot of red flags for me Derek (laughs) I was not into this oh Angel was not having it thankfully for her again super tiny person so there's not a ton of momentum going so I think she hit the rocks (laughs) way lighter than I did I was smashing into the motherfuckers. It was not a good time. It was very painful. Um, not a good ton of good to say about it. Plus, you're cold the whole time. And it's just like, 
it felt like I had like an ice box where my heart used to be. I was so cold, so cold, Aww. so cold. I mean, I don't know if you had a heart to begin with, Derek, but that's fine. <laughs> Did you not see the Omari? Do you not know that song? No. On the musical train? I got this ice box where my heart used to be. I'm so cold. I'm so cold. I'm so. The Omari? Omari on it? Use the. No. Oh. It's a great song. A wonderful song. The whole music video is in an ice box, fake mist coming out of the mouth. Great time. Now, inside the warehouses, once you get past that towards the rear of the building, there is a small little frozen alcove, and inside is Zinzolin, uh, one of the seven sages, and a group of Team Plasma Grunts. Makes it sound really mystical for just a group of people trying to put shoes on Pokemon, but makes it sound fancily. Now, I still don't understand, like, how many of the seven sages have we met at this point, Derek? I don't know anything about Team Plasma. I'm going to be straight up. I don't know who any of these people are. I don't know what their goals are. I don't know their structure. It's super fucking We know what their goals are. It's putting shoes on Pokemon. Come on. Okay, sorry. Yes, yes, sorry. But, I mean, okay... I don't remember who told us that they're the seven sages. I think we've only met four at this point, and I only remember their names because you made fun of them. So there's Getsis, who we've run into a couple of times, who's an asshole, who's like maybe the leader, question mark, of the seven sages, is the prime yeah. minister to end being king, I think, in our like British analogy. And then there's <laughs> Bronius and Gorm, because you made fun of their names. And now there's Zinzolin. Like, these are the dumbest, dumbest, dumbest names i've ever heard in my life derek no it's true and we still have three more it's like someone stuck their hand into the pouch of bananagrams or scrabble letters and then just like threw them on a table and we're like uh guess your name is zinzolin now maybe maybe that's part of the cult's like initiation is you get like a new team plasma name and the way that you do it is by grabbing scrabble tiles and like throwing them on a table yeah i don't Maybe that has to be it, because I don't understand these names. There's no, like, rhyme or reason. There's not, like, a pattern to them. I don't even think they're playing on any sort of words. They're just fucking weird. So, either way, we meet another sage. Ooh, whatever. And Zinzolin demands that the grunts protect him, and we spring into battle. Uh, and who else is there to help us but Charon? Woo. Honestly, at this point, I'd I rather mean, just fight all the grunts on my own. Same. Like, physically. Like, let Angel do her thing, and I'm going to just sit there and actually like, <laughs> physically fight the other grunts, because... Sharon, why are you always here? Sharon, I mean, he's the one who sassed Clay, if I remember from last week. So, like, yeah, I understand why, like, Sharon has been punished by doing this, but I don't know how we got dragged into it. Like with most things, I don't know how we got dragged into this. And, like, Sharon just sucks to be around. Like, I'd rather not. So, Nick made this battle as quick as possible because he was like, the least amount of time I spend with Charon is still too long. Oh, 100%. Like, just tired of his face, his name, everything. So, anyway, battle's pretty quick. Relatively easy, not really super eventful. But Clay does eventually show up to take everyone into custody and invites us to challenge his gym. Because apparently now he trusts us enough to actually battle his gym. He's like, oh, now you fought them. Honestly, I think it was a ploy because Clay didn't want to actually go there and do any shit himself. And he was like, oh, shit, this is the perfect opportunity to put this on Nick and Angel and basically be like, y'all two, you're the reason this happened and make him do all the work for him. And then be like, oh, look, everything's done. That's what I think happened, Clay. So take that. Yeah, I I do. I'm not even being sarcastic. I do legitimately think that's what happened. (laughs) 
Oh, a thousand percent. Because, like, we talked about gym leaders don't want to battle people, but they also don't want to do shit. Like, they don't want to, like, it feels like the gym leader's responsibility should be, like, protect the city, protect the town. You're supposed to be the big powerful person there. But instead of that, no, we're just going to put it on a bunch of, like, people who barely feel like training Pokemon and have you do all the dirty work. And then, like, oh, now you have the privilege of battling me. Maybe. What if Clay is the one that let Team Plasma escape so that he could say... I don't want to battle anyone until this problem is taken care of because it's your fault. And that's what he says to every challenger. And it's just part of the plot not to actually take on challengers. So do you... But there were actual Team Plasma grunts that actually escaped. Yeah, but Wait, I think that but Clay the drawbridge had nothing to do with that. Wait, no. The drawbridge had nothing to do with that because... They didn't escape out of town. They went to the cold storage, which is still oh, in shit. town. So it's even more evidence that Clay just planned all this. What if Clay gave them, whoa, hot take. They don't have, no, cold storage has nothing to do with what they're doing. It's just a hideout spot. Clay gave them the hideout spot to have the excuse to blame whoever came into town. You let Plasma escape and I'm not, I don't want to battle you. There's a problem. And he yes. basically just makes it this loop. To send people on a detour to go battle them in this cold-ass place no one wants to be before they can even get to his gym. Derek, what if I tell you that we stumble upon proof that um, Clay was never actually holding anybody hostage? It's a wild ducklet chase. What? Um, as soon as we get to the gym that we've now been so graciously invited to challenge, Getsis is somehow already there, who is, I think... We said at this point, like, maybe the leader of the Seven Sages, unclear. And in the amount of time it has taken us to walk across town, has somehow convinced Clay to release Zinzelin and the other grunts into, like, his, Shocker. like, responsibility of care. So it's like, okay, you're going to, like, let the question mark leader of this, what you proclaim to be a villainous team that's doing something wrong that justifies them being in your custody... And then just let them go to their leader because that's definitely not how villainous teams, like, continue to do evil. Like, it makes no I think sense. Clay is up to something. I don't know why I'm saying that, but yeah, I, I just think Clay is untrustworthy. Do not like him. Working with Team Plasma. Maybe, you know what, Clay? Maybe you want shoes on Pokemon. Maybe that's what you want. I don't know. It was very dramatic. It was very political. And it was very yeah. above our pay grade. I was like, I don't get paid enough to try and unravel the intricacies of this whole situation. So can you please just, like, do whatever you're going to do. Let people go. I don't know. Yell at us. And then, like, immediately <laughs> negate all of our work. And just, I don't know, yeah. fucking let us into your gym. <laughs> well, you know who's not a political asshole? Who? Clive. Oh, Clive. No, we love Clive. <laughs> Clive is there, there. Just give us some fresh water and be like, it's some ground types. Get ready. So that's nice. Yeah. Um, Nick also noticed that, you know, in peering around and seeing some of the other trainers, uh, there were a lot of dark and steel types also as part of this gym. So he was like, all right, I've got Marco, who's a fighting type, super effective against dark and steel. And then also Thad Jr., my water type. Super effective against ground. So, like, we're good. Yeah, it, it's it's super nice that you get, like, the the little intro there. It's very much appreciated. And honestly, I just feel like this gym, 
I don't want to speak too soon because I don't want to judge you and your team. The, the gym was not <clears throat> ground type in general. I just feel like it's too easy to to deal with. And there's dark and steel to mix it up a little bit, but uh, I don't. Oh yeah, I mean, and Nick, I were kind of excited me, to hear what was going on. Yeah, Nick made it through all the trainers with no real issues. I I assume Angel did as well. Oh, 100%. But what I will say is more reason not to trust Clay. Because Clay's advertising a ground type and then just wants to throw a bunch of dark and steel types in to be like, oh, I didn't know that, Arnar. I didn't know this was happening. What is this? Like, that's what Clay's doing. And I see what you're doing, sir. More shenanigans that I don't agree with. (laughs) We finally get to Clay, and he has a level 29 Crocker Rock, a level 29 Palpitoad, and a level 31 Excadrill. So... Uh, Nick and Angel both had levels on him, right? How was Angel's Oh, 100%. Battle? For Angel, it was pretty straightforward. She just basically was able to lean on Eager Beaver. The water-type advantage was very strong against Crocorock. Razor Shell got through Crocorock and Excadrill. And even for Palpitoad, there's a fighting-type move that basically still deals a decent amount of damage. And with the level difference at that point, I want to say Eager Beaver was either level 32 or 33 at the time wasn't too much of an issue getting through a palpitoad that didn't have any like advantage over it to begin with yeah and fun fact i mean i'm sure that you realize this but maybe didn't put it together um <clears throat> excadrill is a ground and steel type pokemon and yeah. water is actually one of the few types that steel's not resistant to so using a water type against ground steel is like one of the only super effective moves fun fact oh I didn't put that. It was just dumb luck then. That was not put together. Oh, I can't speak for Angel. I don't want to say that she had dumb luck, but I'm just going to go out on a limb and say that was a a lucky guess. Well, Nick uh, also went into this battle fairly overleveled, fairly overconfident. Um, (laughs) Threw in Marco is girder against Croc Rock, who's, of course, as we know, from Angel part dark type. So, you know, a couple Mm. of, I think it was low sweeps, maybe, or low kicks. Uh, No problem. Then there was some Palpitoad on Palpitoad violence between Thad Jr. and uh, Clay. Um, And same same with uh, Angel and Eager Beaver, just sort of not having the um, advantage. Uh, Nick's Thad just, you know, sort of got through it. Did its thing. And then we got to Excadrill, which was not the first Excadrill, I think, that Nick had faced in this gym. Um, And like I just said, being part steel type, fighting is the other um, thing that it would be weak to with its typing. Um, So, you know... Marco had taken a couple of hits from Crocorock, but, like, whatever. Nick was pretty confident in um, his ability to take down this Excadrill because he'd already done it once. So he throws Mm. out Marco, makes the mistake, I would say. Of course, it wasn't me battling, so um, it's easy to, you know, Monday morning quarterback, but (laughs) made the mistake of round one of battling Excadrill using a potion on uh marco to heal him up to full which nick in the moment was like great excadrill used hone claws i got a free heal in basically on marco cool Mm -hmm. so he uses his low sweep or low kick whatever um the next turn excadrill does another hone claws and nick is like this is great like he's just gonna keep using non-offensive moves 
and I'm just gonna, like, you know, get through this just like I have every other. My friends, my listeners, my sweet, (laughs) sweet Derek, I'm sure you can see where this is going if you've ever battled Clay, because now that this Excadrill has done not one but two hone claws, he just immediately started doing Metal Claw, absolutely, no pun intended, ripped through Nick's team. I'm talking... Oh, no. Full team wipe, Derek. Oh, no. So, so spoiler yeah. alert, I had a feeling, an inkling in the atmosphere this was going to happen at some point. <laughs> this is not the point I expected it to be at, based on how this battle started. Oh, no. Yep. Oh, no. Yep. Um, Not, you know, for lack of trying on Nick's part, um, the Excadrill survived with literally less than 10 hit points. Um, which, I mean, you know, Nick maybe could have gotten out of it with one Pokemon still alive. Um, but such was not the case. All right, so cue the yes. sad music, Derek. Let's just take just take us the... on a stroll through Nick's total loss oh, count at gosh. this point. <laughs> so at this point, oh my gosh, we need a, this is a whole uh, essay I gotta <laughs> read, a whole novel I gotta read here. We got... Starting way back in yonder days, uh, Yorkie the Lillipup. We got Brady the Petrat. Brady Jr. the Petrat. We got Burb the Pedove. Roach the Venipede. Thad the Timpole. Bodega the Deramaka. You gotta insert the one year later. Stop talking to SpongeBob <laughs> stuff. Um, uh, Bodega Jr. the Deramaka. Roadwork the Dwebble. Beck the the Amolga, Suarat the Mincino, Marco the Girder, and Thad Jr. the Palpatode. Um, that's a lot. That is a lot of, a lot of losses it's at this 13. point. It's 13. Lucky 13. This is like excessive. I don't know. Has anyone ever lost 13 Pokemon in a Nuzlocke before you hit your fifth gym badge? Like, this is I mean, I hope so not. embarrassing. I, I, can't, I can't definitively say it, but I really hope not. And now, for a quick word from our sponsors. Are you someone that's always wanted to explore the Poke world? Are you someone that likes to take on challenges? Explore the world in a different way. Be different. Be innovative. Do you care about living creatures and want to really experience the world to its fullest? Whatever you do, please don't fucking do a Nuzlocke. You'll watch everything you care about die. Everything. You're going to find new friends, make new friends, go with them, grow with them, and they will die, die, die brutal deaths right in front of you. You will hold them as they breathe their last breaths. Their last words will be, why did you do this to me? Fuck you, I didn't have to die. I could have been healed and put in a box. It is terrible. Everyone will hate you. Why would you do this to Pokemon? It's a choice. This isn't even like forced on you, bro. You're literally fucking choosing to murder Pokemon for fun, for your enjoyment. What kind of fucking psycho are you? Fuck you. Don't do Nuzlocke. Now back to our show. Oh, God, Derek. So this was just, oh, I felt so bad for Nick. Well, because now, like, thank God or thank Arceus, he's been catching all these random Pokemon (laughs) because, like, I don't know what else he would have done. Yes. So he did um, have to, as the uh, overlords put it, scurry back to the Pokemon Center (laughs) um, and put together... He put together a brand new team based basically on what he had available in his box. 
So this took a while and I felt so, so bad for him. Um, but let me just run through quickly what he did. So he caught a new Mancino for himself, named it Sewer Rat Jr. Then caught a second Mancino um, to trade to that trainer in Driftvale City um, who wanted one to trade for a Basculin. Um, the Basculin is named Red Eye. Nick didn't name it, but it makes sense because, I don't know, you take a lot of Red Eye flights out of New York. Um, so, all right, so now we've got Mancino and Basculin. Um, while he was out on Route 5 looking for those Minchinos, he also caught a new Amolga named BEC Jr. And Derek, um, the Amolgas you can only catch in the shaking grass. So you can just imagine oh. how long it took for Nick to, to do that. Yeah. yeah. It yeah. was not, it was not fun. He did do a little bit of training, um, killing all of the Audinos that also popped up in the shaking grass, but mm. took a very, very long time to find that new Amolga. Um, he also went back to Route 3 and pulled out um, Seb the Purloin and Liam the uh, Servine, now Superior, out of the daycare. And they were, like, crazy high-leveled. I think Seb was, like, level 37 and Liam was, like, 38 or 39. Oh, so, like, <laughs> super high-level. Daycare's been doing work. They heard your derogatory ads and they were like, we need to redeem ourselves. <laughs> Um, so Liam being a grass type, Nick was like, okay, I feel pretty confident that a level 39 grass type can probably kill a level 31 Excadrill. Um, mm. but he didn't stop there because then he also trained some Pokemon that he had in the box being Vanillite, Sigilyph, and that Yamask. So he now has a rotating team of eight Pokemon. <laughs> Um, that he just leveled up. I think all of them at least to level 35. Like I said, Liam and Seb were already a little bit higher than that. Um, and then he came back to Clay's gym with a vengeance and Liam, the superior and red eye, the basculine just absolutely eviscerated Clay's team. Like I said, levels 38 or 39 and level 35 for that basculine. Just, I mean, Nick was not fucking around. So, um, yeah, I think, like I said previously, I was optimistic that Nick finally had his shit together. And I think now that's fueled by rage. And I would be very, very surprised, Derek, if there are any more losses in this bat, in this journey. I know, I know that that's very presumptuous of me to say based on the, uh, rap sheet of 13 losses, (laughs) But you know Nick say, when he's yeah. upset. Nick doesn't get angry really ever. So for Nick to be this pissed, like doesn't get angry, he gets it, even. Something's gonna change, yeah. <laughs> well, that is good to know. That is uh, is actually very funny. Um, yeah, I, I will not say that I can feel confident that there won't be any losses, but I guess I trust in his self belief, and I hope there are none more because that's that's a lot. But happy to hear that. Through all that, he was able to get through Clay, get that Quake badge, uh, and move on to Route 6. Because that is, I feel like that is like a whole like Rocky training montage video worth the stuff. Uh, it was a back. lot. It was a yeah. lot. It was a lot. Yeah. Everyone's at level 35 at least now. And there are eight <laughs> of them at at least level 35. So. Just like that, way past where Angel's team is at. So that kind of explains the, if, when we get to the next episode, the level gap there. But... After defeating Clay, we can get away from his 
annoying, lying, conniving ass and get over to Route 6. So on Route 6, we have uh, head out of town. Uh, Bianca does catch up with us and ask for a battle. Shocker. But it's not Sharon, so I can't be too bad. Angel, Bianca, do your thing. Um, is this the first time we've also, seen her? Yeah. Since Elisa told off her dad? Yeah. Yeah. I think so. And she didn't talk about it at all. And it was one of those things where I was like, oh, like, I don't know awkward, if I don't... should like bring this <laughs> up. Like, yeah. it had been, yeah. at least for us, it had been a really long time <laughs> based on no. how long all that training took. Like, it had been weeks since we had last seen Bianca. So, like, we were a little fuzzy on if we had run into her at all since Dimbasa City. But um, she didn't bring it up. We didn't bring it up. We just battled and then, you know, moved on. <laughs> yeah. One of those things that's more awkward to address it, kind of just pretend like it didn't happen, and keep moving along was kind of the only way to do it there. Um, but after getting just destroyed by Nick and Angel, because Bianca was not going to stand a chance, she is very impressed and hands over HMO2 Fly. And look at that. Sharon, take notes. Be less annoying and give us stuff. We'll like you more. That's all you got to do. Except um, berries. Don't give us berries. Yeah, I'm not stop giving us fucking that. berries and your illegal <laughs> berry trade. Fuck you. Uh, trying to get us arrested by all the Officer Jennies uh, running around. Now, yeah, HMO2 Fly, super useful. Um, and this is why Angel was very happy to have the Scolding Stork on the squad. It's the first Pokemon that she's actually ca caught at any point on this journey that I could actually learn fly. So that was very exciting to have. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, so Nick was... taught uh, Nazca Lines his Sigilyph fly. Mm, so. Okay, okay. Yeah, no, up to this, uh, in, in the entirety of this region, the only Pokemon Angel found adorable enough to consider that could learn fly was Ducklet. So that was... I'm shocked that she didn't have Emolga on that list. Emolga is a little, little cutie. Maybe it can't learn fly. Nick didn't try. Maybe. But I'm shocked that Emolga is not on that list. If it may, I could double check. Maybe it could. I, I can't. I don't. That I can't guarantee on. But outside of that, uh, yeah, it was a very short list at the very least to pick from. Um, but anyway, Route 6 is beautiful. There's meadows and a winding river and very, very nice to look at, especially considering we're just in a frozen warehouse. It's kind of a, a bit of a, of a difference there. I definitely enjoyed that. Uh, can't surf yet. So we kind of have to go through the fields and everything. We can't cut into the water or get to kind of some of the alternate paths that look like they might be there. Um, we do find the Season Research Lab, which is apparently where researchers, they're interested in the seasonal changes of Pokemon Deerling and Sawsbuck work. So they kind of check out the seasonal differences between them, see what's going on. They got different colors, maybe different abilities, maybe whatever they got going on and study that shit. It's just so wildly specific i don't remember if there were any like dedicated <laughs> research labs in Sinnoh, but remember in mm -hmm. hoenn there was the weather institute and like yeah yes they had cast form which was a pokemon that's like form changes according to the weather which is sort of akin to like what the season research lab is doing with Deerling and sawsbuck but the weather institute was not dedicated to the study of cast form it was like we study weather and meteorology and like this and pokemon happens form. to be influenced by it yeah so it's going to be part yeah. of you know the content that we study the season research lab is like we only study these two pokemon we don't care about the mechanisms by which seasons change what that means for ecosystems or you know behavior no we only care about these two pokemon and also, 
we can't do our own research. It's like calling back all the way to our original um, mission from Professor Oak. One of the researchers in this lab asks for our assistance and said they'll give us a leaf stone if we show him deerling in each of its four seasonal forms. And it's like, okay, you have a whole fucking lab. God knows how you're funding all of the staff here because you're not even doing the research. Yes. It was like my, I mean, as both of us, as people who've worked in the sciences and like received federal, at least funds for doing science, like that shit would not fly. You have to do so many reports and shit. Like, how are they getting away with this? Fucked up. Not at all good science. Just passing it on other people. Also, yeah, that narrow of a research, there's some shady shit going on. This is a front for something because no research lab can study something that specific and just like honestly random and support and multiple to... staff on it yeah yeah i don't i don't buy it not well, even remotely nick, so nick thinks dearling is gross anyway which he's wrong for but he will not be helping <laughs> because he's not interested in dearling and so yeah, he went on his I, way <laughs> I, I don't think angel was particularly interested in them either and kind of just moved on so we kind of leave that where it is and, and call it a day there so, anyway, now we'll move into Charged Stone Cave. So, at the end of Route 6, we find Clay and a, a web of Galvantula blocking Charged Stone Cave. Uh, and Clay does us the service of removing the web. Don't know why we couldn't ourselves. It's, I mean, it's just a web. But I don't like bugs, or spiders specifically. So, thank you, because I didn't want to put my hands into that. So, cool. Um, and gifts <laughs> Angel and Nick the TM-78 bulldoze and goes on his merry way. So, Clay, we're on to you, but still thank you. Um, yeah, probably to go in, yell at some other children. So oh, 100% and then blame shit on other people. You do clay and then give hideouts to criminals that are trying to shoot Pokemon. As we enter, we're accosted by two people in ninja costumes with white hair. Um, okay. <laughs> so I'm saying that they bring us to N who warns us that team plasma is in the cave waiting to test us. Like Derek, wh- what is going on here? I don't Why are there anything. ninjas? I don't Why are there ninjas? Anything. If uh, Ed is the king of Team Plasma, why is he warning us? Like, I, don't I, know. I, Nick was like, look, that was fucking weird. I don't trust anything that guy says. Like, I'm going to just go do my own thing. And if Team Plasma shows up, great, I'll kick ass. And if Ed's yeah. just trying to do some weird reverse psychology shit, like, I'm not going to fall for it. Yeah, I don't know what the fuck's going on here. I'll be completely honest. I am incredibly confused at this point. I know Angel stopped asking questions. She's trying to figure out when she's just looking like, <laughs> Gonna have some free time to go, like, take some pictures and go shopping and, like, enjoy her life. And I'm questioning what the fuck is going on here because it feels like I'm, like, caught in a really bad movie. Like, some, like, it feels like I'm caught in some, like, 80s action movie where the plot was just, like, we're gonna completely ignore it and just watch shit blow up. And we're stuck in just the plot portion because I don't know what the fuck these people are doing. But if you think about it, that is the most American thing possible. So, they, Univa nailed it. (laughs) Nailed it. You're very right. Oh, gosh. So, either way, we keep going. Uh, as soon as we're done with N and his whatever he's doing, we run into Bianca and Professor Juniper. And Juniper is in the cave to study a Pokemon named Clink. Uh, and Bianca is now, I guess, her like bodyguard, chilling around. I'm cool as long as it's not Charon. Do your thing. I don't mind seeing you around. I have more questions. Us- I have more what? questions, Derek. Wait, what? What did All I do? Right. What? No. Didn't Bianca just have her own bodyguard in Castelia City when her oh, own shit. Pokemon got stolen? That oh, little shit, girl. You're right. 
why are there so many bodyguards? Like, why was that little girl a bodyguard? Why is Bianca now a bodyguard? Why do so many bodies need guarding? Why is Bianca qualified to be a bodyguard if she also needs a bodyguard? Like, uh, why not just go straight with the first bodyguard? I'm so... I I can't, Derek. Um, If you haven't been able to... At this point, Angel and I have both stopped paying attention to what anyone says and are just trying to power through. Nothing makes sense. I don't know who's guarding who. I don't know who is the leader of what. I don't know who's a sage. I don't know who's a wizard. I don't know who is a fucking, like, <laughs> mythical creature. I've given up. Um, all I know is there's a cave, and we're supposed to get to the end. That's as much as I can understand at this point. Um, and I don't. we don't have a bodyguard. That's all I know. We, there's a cave we got to get through. We don't have. I the, mean, you the, have Angel. That's, like, basically the same thing. Okay. Essentially. If y'all don't know, despite her... <laughs> incredibly tiny demeanor she is quite scary and can probably whip some ass so i guess that is true very fierce we we do yeah she's quite fierce so that that we do have that going for us um juniper gifts our trainers with a lucky egg which increases the amount of experience points a pokemon gets nick is excited you can continue to get everything super high leveled and kick some ass um can't die if you're over leveled bam that's what i always say with probably in all capitals now um further into charred stone cavern we find these like glittering blue boulders and floating stones i feel like this is dangerous if it's charged stones and there's electricity and there's like static and shit i don't know why we're supposed to touch them but we are yeah these floating stones are like somehow magnetically charged or statically charged they're like attracted to the blue boulders so you can like push them out of your way but like yes yeah, seems very dangerous they look Another suspiciously question for osha <laughs> yeah like they look suspiciously electrically charged not just like electromagnetism but like full-on fucking electricity so as one does it's all the angel dynamo. Was like, i don't know <laughs> i don't know angel was like derek you push these i don't want to die and and i and i just said yes okay so that was basically the entire venture through this portion of it um, yeah, there's like a middle portion of this cave that Nick and I also were just like very confused by and bored by. Like we pushed some oh. of these floating stones, then Bianca and Juniper catch up and tell us more about Clink, which Nick is like, Who he cares? is interested in. It's Gears, oh. you know, it's Nick, he's into yeah. it, but like he's got eight Pokemon that he's got to like, that he's got to <laughs> juggle at this point. So he was like okay that's cool that's fine like go do your thing i'm not here to catch a clink you are okay. yeah there was no interest i know for damn sure angel was not interested i was barely holding on to interest um and this place is just so many like diverging paths i don't know where we were supposed to go we ran out i didn't buy enough repels so sorry angel um oh, and we were just yeah. running into shit constantly trying to run away from pokemon hide behind corners um and then what do you know more white-haired ninjas show up to tell us the team plasma is in the basement of the cave why are there ninjas that still hasn't been answered i don't want the answer to this there's just so much happening we're just trying to get through this cave like we just want to get to the next town and battle the next gym leader and there's just so much happening in this cave that nick is like already frustrated by having had a team wipe you know weeks at this point earlier and he's still just like i and y'all know how I, I feel about caves. So I don't want to be here, period, let alone all the confusion with more white-haired ninjas. And now for a quick word from our sponsors. 
We're the Nugget Brothers. We're in this cave. We're not really sure how we got here. But now that we're here inside this cave, we'll give you a nugget just for fun. If you can find the Nugget Brothers in the bottom level of a treacherous cave near you, we'll gift you a nugget as a prize because someone needs to reward you for suffering through this place. Go find the Nugget Brothers in the cave. Make sure you buy Super Repels. If you find us here inside this cave, we'll make it worth your while. Now back to our show. And there's just, yeah, there's so much happening. The basement, there's the Nugget Brothers. Cool. They're just brothers that give out nuggets. I remember running into them and thinking, oh no, another battle, and they just handed us a nugget. I don't know what the catch is here. I didn't want to stick around. I was just like, normally if someone walks up, if there's people there, if some dudes walk up to me and try to hand me a nugget, I'm immediately thinking that they're, they're going to like do some sketchy shit. At this point, I didn't care. If two dudes walk up to Angel, try to give her a nugget, I think they're hitting on her. I got to go fight somebody. Honestly, at this point, I didn't care. I was trying to get the fuck out of there. I was very they tired of it. They might have been. Honestly, I had no idea what was going on. Um, now that we're in the basement, we battle a bunch of Team Plasma grunts that are just like all garbage. I'm sure Angel had no problems with them. No. We were able to kind of just power it because none of them were very scary or impressive. I mean... We finally push through the end of this cave. Like, we finally see the exit. It's in sight. And who shows up? Obviously, someone's going to show know? up when we see the of exit. <laughs> it is N. Once again, who wants to know like, about our dreams? Yep. Because reasons. I don't know. Nick didn't ask any questions. <laughs> and honestly, so at this point, and this is what leads to this, because we've been kind of alluding to a potential Pokemon death here. At this point, Angel's so annoyed and just so sick of everything going on that she's just like, just get me the fuck out of here. I don't even care anymore. So, poor little, we get into this battle. There's a boulder, a Pharisee, Joltik, whatever it is. Yeah. Um, As I mentioned earlier in a previous episode, Deadly Roly-Poly's kind of been neglected, is sitting around level 30, hasn't been leveled up a bunch, was trying to level him up to catch him up, threw him out there. Um... And was kind of just attacking, not paying much attention. And she was like, basically, like, go do your thing. I don't want to be here. And oh, a critical no. hit landed. And deadly roly poly is the first loss for Angel's team. Um, little buggy man got squished. Is very oh. dead. Um, Cue the sad music for Angel. Um, <laughs> deadly roly poly is the only loss, and it did open up a spot. Because before we had to choose between, basically, did you want Weenie Hut Jr. there? Did you want uh, the Scolding Stork there? Which one? It, did, it ended up working out. Now, Scolding Stork has a full-time role on the roster. A little underleveled for right now, but did come on to replace the uh, Deadly Roly-Poly. I guess if she had to lose someone, like, Scolipede is rad, but... Eh. So... Nick obviously crushed this team because he was, like, 10 levels higher than, than at this point. Yeah, it's, it is a mess. I assume at this point Nick is going to crush everything. It's like the Michael Jordan meme with I took this personally and everything is just going to be, like, yes! crushing yes! everything. Um, yes. Yeah, that, that's not a surprise there. Uh, honestly, once Deadly Roly Poly died, there was not much of an issue with that. Some of the other Pokemon had gotten kind of overleveled. 
Um, and especially Zeb Stryka, because Zeb Stryka no no new flame charge, it was just going in on Pharisees and Clinks. So it was basically and running Joel through Tegan the cave too. Yeah, it was, there was no yeah. yeah. It was very okay because the bug. Yeah, it was very much just running yeah. through everything. Not, but not even just this battle through the cave itself because there were no repels. Oh, Lots of yeah. clinks and Pharisees died in the making of this episode. So, after the battle, Bianca and Juniper also arrive at the exit magically and were of, uh, apparently no help. Um, and he gets really snarky with Juniper and is like, "Yeah, you're a bad person. Why do you research Pokemon? I want to put shoes on them. Yeah, that's my reenactment." Um, made no sense. <laughs> Your reenactment yeah. or ends actual commentary, so. <laughs> so I did perfectly. Um, yeah, it's, Juniper, yeah. like, kind of just shrugs it off. Everyone leaves, finally leaves us alone, and we're able to, in Angel and I's case, wander in the wrong direction a couple times, but eventually make it out of this hellscape that is Charged Stone Cavern, or cave. I'm Fuck you, Charged so Stone. so thankful to be out. Uh, <laughs> it was a mess. And thankfully, on that note, because I am too annoyed to talk about any other places, that's going to wrap it up for this week's episode. Going into next week, we're going to get to Mistralton City, Route 7, Celestial Tower, and the Mistralton Gym. But for now, this has been Pokemon Radio with your host Derek and Sessie. I'm Professor Oak's Pokemon Talk. Sessie, hit him with the social media. If you are on Instagram or Twitter, you can find us at Pokemon Radio Pod. If you listen to the show on Apple Podcasts or Spotify Podcasts, please leave us a rating and a review there. And no matter where you listen to the show, please subscribe or follow on whatever platform that might be. This show is made possible by support for your Goldrod Public Radio subscription from listeners like you. Always remember, in the Pokemon system, Unova trainers are considered especially talented. In Castellia City, the dedicated trainers who challenge the Pokemon League are usually members of an elite squad but not Nick and Angel. These are their stories. We got Eager Beaver, the Samurai, at level 31. We got uh, Deadly Roly Poly, the... Scolipede. 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 Oh, Samurott doesn't evolve until level 36. Okay, so I'm going to back this up. Sorry.